What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. I want you to answer this question for yourself. What is the role of friendship in your life? What makes you maintain relationships with one person and not another? Now, to be upfront about myself, I am not very transactional by nature. I do not keep accounting or score when it comes to my friendships. I don't look for a healthy give and take balance. I am someone who can easily be used if I'm around the wrong person. And even if I recognize it, I let it be because I believe that all imbalances are corrected by nature and the universe. I don't have to scrutinize my friends or have specific criteria for the people that I need to be around or call them my friends. I also don't subscribe to the you are the sum total of the five closest people in your life because I am very careful about who I consider my competition, who I consider my equal. I don't compete with my friends. I don't look at them as the benchmark of what I can achieve. And I don't take on their habits or ways of being as a barometer of what is okay for me. I do not disrespect the unique endowments that God has given me by only measuring them up with the immediate people around me. It's not fair to what has been given uniquely to me. And I've been the friend that does his own thing my entire life. I am very difficult to influence, at least on a conscious level. But it's possible that on a subconscious level, I might still be stuck in familiar games that my friends are playing. So why am I asking then, what is the role of friendship in your life? Because for most of us, if it isn't to keep score, if it isn't to measure up that equation so you can be better, what is that role then for friendship in your life? Because for most of us, unless we make a conscious effort to expand our circle, we tend to find the few people who are most comfortable and are most likely to resonate with our values and habits, and we stick to those people for the greater part of our lives. And I want to discuss my ideas of friendship and the perils of misunderstanding the roles they are meant to play in our lives. So what is a friend to you? Is it someone who you can call when you need to vent? Is it someone who is there for you as support in what you're going through? Is it someone you can share activities with, have similar interests, play video games, play sports, go on vacations together? Is it someone who celebrates you and your successes or is there for you as a sounding board through your difficult decisions or failures. It's probably a little bit of all of those things in your mind. And you should ask yourself, are you those things to your friends? If those are your values, if that's what you value. As I'm getting older, I ponder this question often because I make friends very easily. And at least people that I consider friends, what they consider me again is far from my concern. And since many of my friends are now scattered all around the world because I make friends everywhere I go, I have a completely different take on what I require from my friendships. I don't expect them to be there for me. I have in the past, and I have great friends who allow me their listening ear and allow me to vent and make sense of things. But during some of the toughest times in my life, I secluded myself even more. I did not lean on my friends, or anyone for that matter. I didn't feel like it was appropriate to burden anyone with what I could barely make sense of myself. I couldn't even put into words what I was feeling. And so even the integral part of what I thought I had friendships for was reset. So what do I think now friendships are for? 
And if I thought that they were completely useless, I wouldn't actively make new friends, right? And I make a lot of new friends all the time. I talk to everyone at the gym and meet new people all the time. I have a rule. If I see you three times, I'm talking to you. It's almost like a disease. I have to talk to you. So what's the point of me doing that if I don't believe in the traditional sense of friendship? All that be there for each other type of stuff. If I don't believe in that, why do I continue to make friends? The first and most important reason for me, which runs opposite to what most people do, is that I make friendships to diversify my own thinking. Most people do the opposite and find friends who agree with them and share values or can commiserate with them, are going through some of the same things. I tend to look for differences instead of similarities. It's the idea of small world, small results. And my number one reason to talk to a new face somewhere like the gym is because I want to know their stories and I want it to take me out from my own bubble. Here's the unpleasant truth. As humans, we are afraid of the dark. We are afraid of the unknown. That's what anxiety is. It's having more degree of unknowns than knowns. So those people that you saw three times and didn't talk to them, because of this natural fear and anxiety of not knowing what you're dealing with, to those people who you see often and don't hear their stories because you don't reach out, you still tend to impose and project stories onto them anyway in your desperate attempt to pin them down to something familiar, to something manageable, to manage your anxiety. You interpret their gestures, their mannerisms, all according to the stories in your own head. You think they look and act like someone you've met and categorized before, and so you put them into the same familiar boxes. This solves for your fear of the unknown, because it is too threatening to be around people you don't know. So those coworkers at your job and other departments... Those frequent interactions in shared public places like gyms and trains and neighborhoods, you are projecting onto all of those people the ideas that you already have. And guess what you're not doing? You're not learning anything. You're just replaying the same stories you think you know they must be like. And you're reinforcing your own perspective, not diversifying it at all. So before I let my mind do this, and because I have witnessed my mind be so wrong and so off the mark about my assumptions, because you never really know anything about someone by looking at them or trying to mash them into a category because of our uniqueness, before my mind goes off and tries to make up stories about them so I can satisfy my need for the unknown to try to solve for it, I quickly short-circuit that and approach the person and make a friendly comment and attempt to get a conversation going. And as soon as I do that, Soon as I live in this wonder, I open up the door for myself to learn and grow. And almost all of the time, people surprise me. Almost all the time, they have been through something traumatic or are working through some difficulty now and or have hopes for the future that is much different than what I could have ever imagined. Almost all of the time, I learn. Now, you may argue that this person is not your friend just because you talked to them a couple times. And then I would tell you that you need to expand your definition of friendship. It is you who impose all this expectation on friendship, like it has a duty to carry you somewhere, or that it must be there for you for support. That is not the purpose of making friends. The first and most important reason is because when you approach the world in a friendly manner, you benefit 
the most yourself. You expand the most yourself. You open up the possibilities of your becoming the most. And every now and then, some of these people will become brothers and sisters and family that do stick around for a long time. And that is my goal anyways. It's always my goal. I believe in lifelong friendships. I don't impose the ideas that friendship has on it because to me, we don't have to talk all the time on the phone or meet or any worldly deed for me to consider you my friend. To me, it just means that we see each other, that we make each other feel seen. Even for those few moments we spend together in our entire life, to make the other person really feel acknowledged as a living, breathing human whose life really matters. And that is on the highest levels of what anyone can do for another. JP talks about how almost everyone, ordinary people, when you listen to them, are ridiculously weird and interesting. And then you might find someone who's truly weird and interesting and you can hardly stand it. Carl Rogers talks about how people won't listen because they are too terrified of changing. Because if you really listen to someone, they tell you how weird they are. You share in that self-revelation, and it's too interesting. It's almost like you head into no man's land. That's why most people don't listen. And the second reason I talk to people is to unlearn all the things I already know. The first one was to learn new things, to take me out of my bubble. And the second main reason is to unlearn ideas, concepts, beliefs, and notions that I carry around and try to paint onto everything. Again, if you're really paying attention to your running narratives in your head and you test them out like theories against the real world information by actually approaching people and talking to them, you will be taken back by how wrong your assumptions are 90% of the time. Again, people are weird and different. I've met some of the happiest people on the surface going through some of the most difficult of things. And I also am almost always amazed at how uniquely each person expresses themselves, how different their take is on things, and how sometimes at peace they are with things I'm easily disturbed by. It's the closest thing to imagining ourselves as a speck of dirt in a large universe. Talking to people and making new friends is the most humbling experience when you contrast it to all the things that run through your head on a daily basis. It's a great way to snap yourself out of your own little world. The third and possibly one of the most important reasons that culminates from all this is the course correction that all these friendships provide. To be a functioning human, you actually have to live in society. And that means even on some level, you are being nudged into what is acceptable behavior for you to be welcomed into society. We learn early in our childhood what we need to do to be invited to play. And that is the game of life in a nutshell. It is not winning all the games you play. The one who really wins is the one who is invited to play the most games. And that happens when and if we develop certain characteristics that are most acceptable by society. And that is not to say that you dumb your uniqueness down. But it does dampen our tendency to be menacing or disruptive to the games at play. If we want to be included into healthy relational games, we learn to cater to these rules quickly. That means it silences our sociopathic, psychopathic tendencies, our narcissistic tendencies. The world 
will show you that it's not just about you. It doesn't revolve around you. And it makes us think long term. It helps us become respectable humans. Without a broadening circle of relationships, you are missing out on this nudging. You get stuck in your way of being. If you stick to the group of friends you have acquired, you tend to only have a small snapshot, an echo chamber of rules to play by. And those limited rules only allow you to win in those limited games. It deprives you on the lessons in how you can be a player in the greater games at play. We find comfort in those who agree with us. We find growth amongst those who don't. By that very sentiment, your familiar friendships, not because of the friends themselves, but your very need to seek the familiar, would nurture the tendency to seek approval more than you seek growth. It's the quickest way to a stunted life. And sometimes that means you have to spend less time in the comfortable friendships and more in the ones that challenge you, more in the ones that expose you to new things that you had no idea about, that shatter your ways of thinking. The idea of this seems cruel to some people because they have to leave some friendships behind. But even as a non-transactional person who doesn't look at people as portals to my destiny, I don't think that's people's job is to get me where I want to go. Still, the most logical part of me seeks friction because I know it is in the challenged beliefs that I will find depth. And many of us maintain friendships based on familiar activities. And I would ask you to audit what those friendships would be without those shared activities. Would your drinking buddies still be your friends if you didn't share in the activity of drinking when you got together? Are you even friends without the alcohol? And fill in the blank any activity. How many of your friends would still stick around if you broke the pattern of your friendship? To really grow in life, you have to have the courage to invite contrast. If you have any bad habits or your children are headed in a direction that might get them in trouble down the road, the quickest way to short-circuit this is to surround them or yourself by a group of people who act in a way that you admire and whose respect you will want to earn, that you will work to earn. You will see miraculous differences in the potential of people coming to the surface when given an environment for it to foster. And this is where the sum of five people you're around notion comes to play. Unless you're highly resistant to your environment, Unless you're a thermostat and not a thermometer, you will be greatly influenced by the temperature of your environment. And if satisfying the need for connection and love that comes through friendship is only available to you, or so you think, through the limited group of buddies that you have acquired so far, then you will partake in whatever activity that it takes for them to be there with you so you don't feel alone. And because the need for connection never goes away, the only logical solution then is to find groups of people who partake in activities that are actually in the direction of where you want to take your life. It would still be the quickest and most efficient way for you to change your patterns and open up other parts of you to come to life. Epigenetic theory literally says that different parts of our DNA, our genes turn on when given the environment that you're in, if it changes. So you couldn't possibly even know what else is dormant inside of you unless you put yourself around the environment that calls it forth. And this is where you still have to live by purpose, by picking these environments, on purpose. 
and a person with no purpose will drown yours. So you have to make sure you have your purpose. So even if your friends aren't the source of new inspiration for you, they can still negatively affect the road that you're trying to go. Just because you don't want to be lonely, it will influence you. So a quick recap, don't judge others by your own reality. Be willing to learn and be open. Be willing to let go of those assumptions and perspectives that you dearly hold on to by accepting the validity of each person's experience. And with that loose grip and new input, allow this new global information to guide you and nudge you into better and deeper versions of you. It takes courage to invite contrast, to invite different. It takes courage to be willing to let go of all the perceptions that you've built your world on. It takes courage to allow for everything around you, your friends, your family, your society, to nudge you into development. It takes courage to unharden and let everything around you in and let it mold you. So ask yourself in your next interaction, am I showing up here with courage? Love you, family. Stay true, always. See you on the next show.